Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All in, we came in You can even watch back, giving players all the props, or put them on blast. We don't give no hot takes, only talk facts. We're giving all our devotion, riding high on this wave of emotion. Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time. No, we no stopping us till we reach the finish line. Sammy got it off the ground And to all the listeners tuned in right now Got debates, analysis, and speculation This is sports talk for the new generation You know where to find us, got a reputation Sick podcast, your number one sports destination Giving all our devotion Riding high on this wave of emotion Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time No, we no stopping us till we reach Riding high on this wave of emotion 
to listen to the sick podcast with tony maradero 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time boston four montreal three lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side he gives it into the mayor back to lafleur oh! the sickest montreal canadians podcast <laughs> there is a ball. sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Welcome, everyone. Marinero on this Friday, February 2nd. It is the Sick Podcast and is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by these guys right over here. I'm talking about La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Folks, we're going to talk about the Sean Monaghan trade in just a minute, but not before I talk to you about playground also a proud sponsor and partner of the sick podcast with over thirty thousand square feet of new gaming dining and entertainment space it's time to reacquaint yourself with the new revamped and renovated playground world-class sushi triple a stakes live shows a brand new poker floor and so much more located just over the mercy of bridge only minutes from downtown montreal playground playground experience the strip without the trip and that's right because Earlier today, specifically at 11.30 a.m., we were getting rumblings before that. Uh, of course, we were tipped off. But at 11.30 a.m., the Montreal Canadiens made it official. The Canadiens acquired a first-round pick in 2024 and a conditional third-round pick in 2027 from Winnipeg in exchange for forward Sean Monahan. That conditional pick is on the condition that the Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup this year. If they don't, forget about it. It's just Monahan for a first round pick in 2024. For some, it's mission accomplished because when the Canadians acquired Monahan initially from Calgary, they received a first round pick with him. And now by trading him to Winnipeg, they get another first round pick. Others are not going to be very satisfied because they're going to take a look at what Elias Lindholm got the Calgary Flames uh, a couple of nights ago, and they're going to say, hold on a second here. Uh, Canadians could have done better than this because Elias Lindholm got you a player who scored a 27-year-old winger who got 39 goals a year ago, was getting a point every other game this year, got you two defense prospects of 19 and 21 years of age, a left-handed defenseman and a right-handed defenseman, got you a third-round pick, and got you a first-round pick. But as we've been telling you on the program, we had no doubt that Sean Monaghan was going to fetch a first-round pick for the Montreal Canadiens, but we also told you that his injury history was really going to hurt the process. And that, I think, is what happened here. One guy who was part of Kent Hughes' Zoom call earlier today and asked about Sean Monaghan's injury history and how much it impacted this trade is Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com. He joins me now. Stu, how are you? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing extremely well. I'm just going to take one second here to stand up <laughs> so I can show everyone. Huh? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Embrace the tank is the hoodie that I'm wearing, Stu. We knew that this was coming. There were some that still held out hope that the Montreal Canadiens were going to hold on to Sean Monaghan and uh, sign him to a contract extension, yada, yada, yada. I think we had a pretty good feeling that this was going to happen. But by not receiving an NHL-ready player in return, Stu, I've said this before a million times. I'm going to say it again. Players don't tank. But general managers can do things in their power to make sure that they end up icing a weaker team. And by icing a weaker team, you're going to end up losing more than you're going to win. And uh, the Canadians now are going to be icing a weaker team with Sean Monaghan going to Winnipeg. Yeah, Jake Evans is your second center right now until uh, Alex Newark comes back. And you, you hit the nail on the head with the Lindholm comparison. Lindholm's got no injury history, and Sean Monaghan has a lot of injury history. And I think that's another reason why Kent Hughes didn't want to wait any longer. The Lindholm trade, as you mentioned on the uh, Zoom conference, sped things up a bit in that the teams that were also going after Lindholm after he was gone, Sean Monaghan was second on their list, I guess. So now the focus shifted to him. But for for Kent Hughes to wait until March 8th to see if he would get anything higher, I asked him this question on the Zoom conference, doesn't make much sense because I'm sure he's been holding his breath, hoping Sean Monaghan doesn't get hurt. Uh, ahead of them. So I think going into this season, he was hoping last season they wanted to get a first round pick for him at the trade deadline last year. Then he got hurt. That fell through. They were able to re-sign him for a minimal amount, $2 million, including the uh, $15,000 bonus he got for playing 26 games this season, which is one more than last year. That speaks volumes about uh, uh, his injury past. And uh, now he got the first round pick. He got it offered to him. And again, um, for Winnipeg, now they're taking the risk. I mean, they're going to be holding their breath that Sean Monaghan doesn't get hurt. Uh, Kent Hughes said he doesn't have any injury, any reason to worry that there's an injury with him, but Monaghan has had a couple of therapy days recently and, and not taken part in practice. Uh, there's a lot of wear and tear on that body. Uh, so I think it's a good deal for both teams. Uh, Winnipeg gives up the first-round pick, which will be a late pick with the way they've been playing. Sean Monaghan will be a great fit there. Sean Monaghan would be a great fit on any team in the NHL. He's also great. a player. He's also a guy who loves playing in the Canadian markets. He's spoken about that. Like he, he wants to play somewhere where hockey matters and hockey matters in Winnipeg. Uh, I think he'll be a great fit there. And I think for Kent Hughes, it was like, let's get the first round pick now. It's guaranteed. It's in our pocket. We got it. Look what happened last year with Joel Edmondson when he got hurt. Maybe he would have got them a first round pick if he was healthy. Instead, they ended up with a third and a seventh round pick from Washington. So for me, the first round pick was there. I'm sure Kent Hughes does his homework. He called around. He shopped around to see if other teams were offering more, and they weren't. So he's got the, he's got two first-round picks next year. Uh, sorry, this year and two more first-round picks next year. Uh, you know, he said something very interesting, Kent did, when you asked him about, you know, Monahan's injury history. And, you know, throughout his Zoom call, he talked about they did their homework, the Canadians did, he and Jeff Gordon, of course, and the rest of the staff, they knew where the market was. Yep. And they also knew where the market was going. And what's important about that, because then he elaborated later on by saying, there's a possibility that the market was going to go in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. That what you thought teams would be paying right now, if you thought that they would end up paying more at the deadline, they have a feeling that it was going to go in the opposite direction and teams were probably going to end up paying less at the deadline. So for all, you know, for everyone watching YouTube live, Facebook live, Twitter live, and they're saying, hold on a second here. If he would have waited in the deadline, and I know you said, well, you can't risk Monaghan getting injured. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. 
But they're probably saying, but if he would have waited, though, he could have got so much more, so it probably would have been worth the risk. He basically said, we knew where the market was going, and um, there were offers that probably could have been taken off the table. But, you know, I I, I, I mean, the stand is going to change between now and March 8th, too. There might be some teams who won't be interested in making a deal because they've fallen out by that time. So, again, going into this season, you know, he said earlier in the Zoom conference, so his goal was to get either a first-round pick or a prospect with the value of a first-round pick, another of a previous first-round pick. Um, and so he got it. And going into the season, I think if, if – you know, when they first got Sean Monahan, if Canadians fans were told you're going to get two first-round picks for this guy, people would have been thrilled. And while some fans might not be happy right now thinking they could have got more after seeing the Lindholm trade, they also could have got nothing. No, so it's 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 a risk thing. I mean, and again with Monaghan, the, the the so much injury history, including groins and hips, and those are things that uh, you know for hockey players, that's a tough injury for anybody to recover from. Yeah, he's every game this season, he's been healthy, he's been very effective, and uh, I hope for Sean Monaghan because he's a class act. I hope he goes to Winnipeg. I hope he plays great there. I hope Winnipeg goes far in the playoffs. It'd be great to see a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup. It'd be great to see Winnipeg win the Stanley Cup. But, you know, there's a possibility that uh, he gets hurt with Winnipeg and then Winnipeg fans are going crazy that they gave up a first-round pick for this guy. But as Hugh said also, there's a risk with any player, right? Any player can get hurt. But yeah. there's a more a higher risk that Sean Monaghan is going to get hurt than a Lindholm is going to get hurt. You know what I love about Kent Hughes, um, Stu, is that I just – I have the feeling that he already is a step ahead. He already knows where he's going with these picks that are coming, right? So, mm-hmm. look, that could very well be the case. Yeah. And there's something that a lot of other people have to that, that people have to keep in mind as well is that if we take a look at Nick Bobrov's, you know, one of the directors of amateur scouting for the Montreal Canadiens, if we take a look at his track record when he was with the Rangers, of course, there's players that were drafted that turned out to be really, really good players. I, I think of Keandre Miller, who was a first round pick and a 22nd overall, but Leas Anderson was a seventh pick overall in 2017. Vitaly Kraftsoff was a ninth pick overall in 2018 and Capo Caco and no one's giving up on him. But if you would do that draft over again, right now, that 2019 draft, Hughes is number one, but not sure that Capo Caco is taken ahead of Moritz Sider. He's not, actually. He's not going to be taken ahead of um, probably Trevor Zegers. Not going to be taken ahead of probably Matthew Boldy. Probably not going to be taken ahead of Cole Caulfield. So, you know... Everyone says they're stockpiling picks, they're stockpiling picks, they're stockpiling picks. No, but it doesn't mean they're going to bat for a thousand when they pick them. So if they strike out half the time, the more picks you have, mm-hmm. the more times you're actually going to succeed too, right? The, and the more the, picks you have, the more the more chance you have to trade some of them too. I mean, the Kings are having a high first round pick this year, and it'll be higher now with Monahan gone um, than with him here. And a lower first-round pick, I wouldn't be surprised if the pick they get from Winnipeg, they end up packaging it with something else and making a trade to find another one of those 21, 22-year-old prospects, uh, another Kirby Doc, another Alex Newhook, another guy like that, and, and use that. So they, let's say they got 12 picks now this year and 11 picks next year. Um, Ken Hughes has a lot of cards that he can play moving forward. And, I mean, Sean Monahan is an unrestricted free agent in the summer. I think it's unlikely he would re-sign the comeback here, but if the, depending on what happens, if the Canes really want to bring him back, that, that possibility is there. I don't see it happening, but it's a possibility. We uh, we have some clips from uh, Kent Hughes's uh, Zoom call, which took place earlier today at 1 p.m. Eastern. Let's play one at a time. So we'll play one, we'll tackle it, and then we'll go on to the next one. Let's go. Il y a plusieurs équipes qui, ont, qui t'ont téléphoné. En tout cas, je ne pense pas me tromper en disant ça. Est-ce qu'il y en a qui t'ont fait des offres euh, qui étaient prêts à donner un joueur? Ou, euh... de, de, de nous donner un joueur au lieu d'un ouais. choix? Oui. Non. Euh, on a demandé des joueurs, des, des prospects dans certaines cas, mais euh, les prospects qu'on a demandés, euh, 
les équipes n'ont pas voulu partir avec. Merci, Marc. Et on termine avec François Gagnon pour... There we go. There's Marc Defoy who says, can you tell us if teams offered you a player slash prospect for Sean Monahan? There's a pause. And Kent Hughes says, no. And then he says, look, the prospects that we asked for from teams, nobody wanted to give us any of the prospects that we asked for. So once again, that injury history, Mm-hmm. That injury history that we've been talking about, it played a huge role, Stu. And I know, oh, yeah. that, by the way, by the way, I don't know how it took like you like 15 questions into the Zoom call for someone to actually ask him about uh, Sean Monahan's injury history. Like, jeez, uh, some of the questions that were asked, holy mother of Jesus. But anyway. Well, the thing is, uh, those prospects that he was asking about, Tony, he obviously has a board somewhere with the prospects they're interested in. It doesn't mean he yeah. can't get those guys now in the summer, maybe with one of his first round picks and one of their young defensemen and whatever. So maybe one of those prospects that he couldn't get from John Monahan, he will be able to get this summer, maybe using their draft pick that he got from Monahan plus something else to get one of those prospects. So to me, you can't talk about Sean Monahan without talking about his injuries. And I hate to say that because he hates talking about it and it's understandable yeah. why. And he's one of the NHL players I have the most respect for. And so his teammates love him. But there's a lot of damage on that body. And as I said, hips and, and groins and ankles. And, and he's 29 years old. And there's no doubt, I'm sure, that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon were watching games. And every time he got hit or like when the training staff out, he's taking a therapy yeah. today and repracticing, they were like, whoa, man, because they went through this last year with him yeah. and Edmondson. So the first round pick was there. You got it. It's in your pocket. Deal done. None of the prospects that we, we want, we can get. Yeah. We're going to take the first round pick. We're going to take a deep breath and exhale. We're going to follow your sweatshirt there a little bit and, yeah. uh, and embrace the tank and move forward and move forward. And, and as you said at the end of the Zoom conference, too, somebody asked me, you know, who's going to, who do you need to step up to replace Monahan? And so well, the whole team, and this is a case of now Monahan's not there and he's a big guy in that locker room. He's a real leader that yes. guys look up to. He's gone now. So now it's more and more on the young guys now. It's your team now. It's well, look, more, look. more and more moving forward. Very, very noble answer on his part and diplomatic. Who are you kidding? He's tanking, right? He's not going to tell well, you he's tanking. That's exactly what he's yes, doing. He yes, wants to make sure. Yeah. I mean, they made it clear yeah. right from the golf tournament, Tony, when Jeff Gorton didn't want to use the P word. I mean, the Canadians were not looking to make the playoffs this season. Like that's yeah. in their game plan. That wasn't, it wasn't like, let's make the playoffs this season. And Jeff Gordon made that very clear at the golf tournament. It's all about development and moving forward and building this young team. And we've seen that in their record, what it is, considering all the players they've lost, uh, is impressive. They're right around 500, you know, whatever you want to take what 500 is in the NHL today with the loser points. But they've competed hard. And now it's going to get, as you said, players don't tank, but it's going to be hard now without Monaghan. And it's going to be even harder yeah. with the trade deadline. You know, if they get rid of David Savard and whoever else they might get rid of, it's going to be the last month of the season. It's going to be hard for this team to win yeah. games. But that's going to improve their draft stock moving forward. And it's going to let young guys – get more ice time, play more significant roles, have more uh, pressure on them as far as being uh, a guy like Jake Evans now. Is, he's going to be your second-line center for a while. This is a chance for him to... Until to Nua comes back. Until, Until Nua, Nua comes back. back. Until Nua comes back. Yeah, but he's going to get additional ice time. And so it's, it's time for other guys to step up both on and off the ice. And, and Monaghan's a big loss in this for this team. Like, he really both... Yeah. And Ken Hughes said that, like, what he meant to the... On the ice, off the ice, in the city of Montreal, as I mentioned, a really yeah. Act. He does everything right. He's he's a true pro. He's a he's a pro's pro, and the players recognize that. The Canes are lucky to have another guy like that still in the locker yeah. with Matheson. Just similar type of character, yeah. similar type of players, similar type of uh, commitment on the ice, off the ice. Um, so th- so they're not void of that guy, but Sean Monahan's a big loss in the locker room, and as Ken Hughes said yeah. that. You're, you're right about that. I mean, and some people watching right now are probably saying, well, then, then why didn't they just keep him? Because he made it clear. He said they couldn't give Sean Monaghan the contract that he wanted mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah. And, you know, Pierre Maguire joined me. I, I think it was uh, over a week ago, and I asked him about Monaghan. And he said, Tony, he said, I went to a college game, and Rick Dudley was there. And Rick Dudley is, you know, well-known in hockey circles, of course, for – being having a real good eye and and watching thousands and thousands and thousands of hockey games in his life. And he goes, Dudley and I were, you know, we basically bumped into each other and we both had the same comment at the same time. 
this game was so fast. And he said, Tony, if you wouldn't know, you would think that college game was probably like an NHL game. And so to say what? To say that the game has got so much faster, mm-hmm. right? And and so much younger that everything everyone may have said about 34-year-olds in the past doesn't necessarily hold water today. So if you say, yeah, but Sean Monahan in five years will, still, will be 34 if you give him a five-year deal and he could still play. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. The league is younger. The league yeah. is faster. The injuries are significant, so much so that no team was offering up a roster player. No team was offering up a prospect. And the first-round pick the Canadians got is going to be a very late first-rounder. So, um, Look how quickly you know, Alex Ovechkin falling off this year, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ken Hughes did not say no to a better deal. I mean, No, this no, is of course not. And, and you're right. I mean, the game is so fast now. I mean, yeah. you, know, you mentioned Mike Matheson before. He's a guy... I would bank on him at 33, 34 more than Sean Monaghan just because he doesn't have the history. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And the way he skates and the physical condition he's in and everything like that. But I mean, look, look at Brendan Gallagher. And it's, you know, Canadians got in trouble by Mark Bergeron giving contracts for what guys did in the past as opposed to what they might do in the future. I'm like, would you, be ready, would you be ready to give Sean Monaghan a three-year contract at well, five, six million dollars a year? I no. would no, I, I would not. I mean, no, I, I would. Not. I'd be. I'd be going like one year at a time with him uh, because of that that hin- uh, injury history, and I wouldn't be ready to give him that contract. And Ken Hughes was very honest with that. He said I wasn't able to give him. Uh, the, the, I can't remember the exact quote he had, but the the, uh, the, uh, the value of a contract that he thinks he's worth at this point, we weren't ready to give that to him. Yeah. I think that's a smart decision yeah. on Ken Hughes' part. Stu, when Lindo was traded a couple of nights ago, somebody sent me a tweet. And I, I still call them tweets, even though it's no longer called Twitter. And I still call it Twitter, by the way. Mm-hmm. But somebody sent me a tweet saying, Tony, when would you train Mon- Sean Monahan? And I wrote in 10, 9, yeah. 8, 7. And the reason why I say that is, look, Kent Hughes knows the market a lot better than any of, of course, us, obviously. Yeah. But I would have thought from the outside, which is here in my basement in Villa Sal, all right? And, and not, you know, at the arena where he is. I would have thought that if you hold on up until trade deadline or 24 or 48 hours before, you're going to get more. But if I was him, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm it's, trading him too because I'm freaking out every time he wants a shot, every time he gets hit. Stu, and, and the ice he's going to get. Get. For everybody watching, Stu, for everyone, pardon me, for everyone watching who's saying, oh, you should have held on. If, if they were can't use, okay? There's no way they would risk holding on to Sean Monahan and risk because if Kent Hughes doesn't trade Monahan today and he gets hurt in a couple of days next week, Kent Hughes is getting obliterated. Radio, oh. television, podcast, everywhere. A lot of those same fans, Tony, if Kent, if his hip or his groin goes out again next week or the week after and he's done for the season and you get nothing in exchange for him, which is what happened last year. And the, Kent Hughes also has to be applauded. He didn't get anything for Sean Monaghan last year because of the injury. But the Canadians and Kent Hughes made such, and Marty St. Louis made such an impression on Sean Monaghan and the rebuild and this locker room that he wanted to come back. He wanted to come back. He chose to come back here. He re-signed to come back here for a $2 million contract. So that speaks volumes that the guy wanted to come back and play here again for what they're creating here in this environment. And then so they signed yeah. $2 million, and now they got the first-round pick that they were hoping to get last year. So it's just basically it's a delayed process. Last year, if they got a first-round pick for Sean Monahan, everybody would have been great. They almost got nothing for Sean Monahan, right? Well, yeah. from the first-round pick they already got from Calgary. But 
they brought him back and now they've held on and they've traded him and now they've got two first round picks. Yeah, you're right. They could have let him walk, but they brought him back for two million. Ended up paying about a million and a half. He's got about probably yeah. five hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. left or whatever it is, and they end up getting a first round pick in return. All right, okay. Another clip from the presser. Excuse-moi, Charles. J'ai la difficulté à unmuter. Ken, je sais que Il y a une raison pourquoi tu as ramené Sean Monahan dans ton équipe cette saison aussi. Euh, probablement que tu crois beaucoup à, à ce joueur-là. Est-ce que tu peux partager euh, en partie ou au complet, ben, pas au complet, pas chaque mot, mais la, la conversation que tu as eue avec lui euh, pour lui annoncer cette transaction aujourd'hui? Oui. Euh, quand on a signé Sean, euh, on l'a signé parce qu'on on croyait que c'était un joueur qui, peut, qui nous rend une meilleure équipe sur la glace dans la vestiaire, puis, puis dans la ville de Montréal. J'en ai, euh, je ne peux, peux pas dire assez de bons mots à propos de Sean. Il est vraiment, vraiment une, euh, une personne puis un joueur euh, très, très important à nous. Um, quand je l'ai appelé, c'est qu'il y avait des, euh, des choses qui, sont, qui ont sorti ou qui sont sorties dans, dans le média un peu, puis... Euh, on a beaucoup de fierté d'essayer d'annoncer les échanges sans que ça arrive euh, à nos joueurs. Alors, je lui ai parlé pour, euh, pour lui dire, écoute, euh, que les rumeurs étaient vraies, euh, qu'on euh, sait qu'on était meilleure équipe avec Sean, mais qu'on n'est pas en position dans le moment euh, De, de, leur, de lui offrir. On n'a pas assez de clarté, Renault, dans, dans notre avenir pour lui offrir, offrir un contrat raisonnable. Euh, alors, euh, on a dit, on, euh, dans le cas qu'on est, on, on est mieux de l'échanger, puis qu'on a croyé qu'on donne, lui donnait la chance de jouer pour une très bonne équipe euh, où il va se situer bien dans l'organisation. Puis, on, je les remercie pour... Euh, all right. Uh, question was, talk to us about the conversation that you had with Sean Monahan leaving, leading up to this trade. And he said, look, we take a lot of pride in trying to make our players aware of everything that's going on. The second the news came out that, you know, Montreal and Winnipeg was working on a trade, I called Sean Monahan to tell him right away that what he was hearing was indeed fact. It was true. Um, we uh, weren't able to give him what he wanted. Um and this is an interesting comments too. We didn't have enough at, at we weren't able to give him what he wanted right now. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have enough clarity as to what our future looks like to bring him back. What, yeah. do you, what does that mean? Well, I think it means he doesn't know what he's going to do yet this summer, right? He doesn't know what's going to happen at the draft. He doesn't know what trades he might do. He doesn't know what players he might bring in. He's going to have some salary cap room to work with. He doesn't know who might be available. Maybe there's a younger version of Sean Monaghan he can get this summer. How much is that guy going to cost? So I think that's all. They're just not in a position now, as I mentioned earlier. Would you give Sean Monaghan three years at five or six million? No, I wouldn't. This summer, the Canadians are where they are, and maybe they figure out, as again, I, I don't see Monaghan coming back here, but they might be in a position to make him an offer if they did want him back. Um, but it's just they're not certain yet. A lot can happen between the trade deadline now free agency this summer, the draft. I mean, they could be a much different looking team uh, going into next season and they might not have the money if they did sign. You know what I mean? They, they might look at it. They could spend that. Yeah. They could spend that money more wisely than giving it to Sean Monaghan at this point. And also kudos to Ken Hughes because those rumors are coming out today. We saw the tweets that you know, there was a trade going on and he reached out to Monaghan to let him know, yeah, this is happening. This is true. And it's, he's shown that yeah. not only him, but, Gorton and Hughes and St. Louis have shown since the way since they've taken over is how they treat people, players properly and with respect. And you go back to Mark Bergeron's famous line, you know, if you want loyalty, get a dog. Well, Kent Hughes has been loyal to Sean Monaghan. You look at the way he handled the Jeff Petrie situation when Petrie didn't want to be here anymore. His wife wanted out. He said, look, we're going to try and trade you. Uh, I'm going to try and make a good deal. But if I can't make a good deal, you have a contract, you have to stay. He makes an incredible trade that he made uh, for Mike Matheson. And then when he brought Petrie back this summer, first thing he did is call him and say, don't worry, I'm trading you again. You're not coming back here. I'm not going to hold up for the best deal. As soon as I get something, I'm going to trade you. And he did. And that goes a long way. Like we were talking about Sean Monaghan wanting to re-sign here. 
goes a long way around the NHL. These guys are friends. They're friends on different teams. They talk to each other. And the, the word around the league now is that you get treated well in Montreal. And the guys around the league, Sean Monahan is one of the most respected yeah. players in the league. And they traded him to a team. And Hugh said this in his conference call, a team where he's going to fit in well. Like Winnipeg can use him well. And he's going to be yeah. Canadian market again, which he likes. He's going to be somewhere where hockey matters. So he, he handled them properly. He handled them yeah. You know, it wasn't. He didn't. He doesn't look at these guys just as a piece of meat. And uh, but at the same time, he's the moves he's making are to make the team a better team. And he did that when you know, he traded Jeff Petrie. Um, he's, I think he's going to do the same thing now with Sean Monahan. We'll see what happens with this pick again. They might trade that first round pick they got from Winnipeg. We'll see what happens moving forward to get another Alex Newhook type, another Kirby Doc type player. But the Canadians are run now like a professional. Organize the way the Montreal Canadiens should be run, right? The Canadians are, yeah, here, right in the league. They still you know the New York yeah, Yankees. Hockey, they run this. This management team runs the Canadians, in my opinion, the way this franchise should operate. Which yeah, is, you take which a look at fun. even the uh, even on the social media, mm -hmm. uh, the goodbye to Sean Monahan. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's, it's classy. It's, 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 it's I don't have enough. Said I don't have enough good words to say about Sean Monahan. Yeah. And neither do I from my dealings with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't it's have enough good words to say about Sean Monahan either, and neither do his teammates. I mean, you're a self-conscious yeah. miss Sean Monahan a ton. I mean, yes. they, they talk together every day. They sit near each other in the locker room. I think Sapkowski was a better fit playing on a line with Monaghan than he was with Suzuki and Caulfield when they dropped. I think Monaghan has that ability to slow the game down a bit, which is what Slavkowski needs at times. Uh, he's really going to miss him on the ice and off the ice. But yeah. again, this is all about moving forward. And that's another guy. So, you know, as Ken Hughes said, the younger guys, now there's more on them. Well, there's more on Yuri Slavkowski now also, right? He doesn't have yeah. Sean hand to lean on. You're right. By the way, uh, Kent Hughes was asked about uh, the fact that uh, he's not retaining any salary. If that was, uh, mm -hmm. a, you know, a difference maker in this deal, and he said, "Well, um, I'm, I'm always, I always leave the door open. I'm always willing to listen. So if, if I call a team or a team calls me and they say, well, we want Monahan, and, and, and I'll say, well, uh, do I have to retain any salary? If they say yes, I'm not going to close the door." They're just going to have to give me more for him. But, and, and the reason why this whole retaining yeah. salary comes up is because there's a quota of three players. Yeah, salary. One more spot. They only got one more spot. Correct. Per year. So they, this year they're retaining Edmondson and Petrie. So there's only one more spot yeah. next year. They're, they're retaining Petrie again. Yeah. So at that point, well, this year, if they're looking to trade Jake Allen at the deadline, they're probably going to retain on that. So that's the spot, right? If you're going to Tanner Pearson or Tanner Pearson. So whoever they're going to move a veteran or, or a David Savar, they're going to move somebody, at least one guy at the trade deadline. Yeah. So he has that one spot. And it would have been crazy to eat money on Monaghan. He's making $2 million, right? I think it was seven. Yeah. And he said, and yeah, and yeah. correct. And he said, I, I just felt that. If there was going to be salary to be retained, it was going to be better off. Yeah. With the possibility of another player over Monahan. Let's play another clip. Kent, as you were saying, you know, you're hoping to get a first round pick or a equivalent type prospect. I'm just wondering if did Sean's history injury play any role in maybe you making the deal now as opposed to maybe waiting until the deadline where maybe it was a better offer, maybe it was a prospect or a possibility of a higher first round pick? Well, it's, um, you know, as Simon just said, there's 32 games left, Stu, so it, it's kind of hard to know where anyone's pick's going to situate, but typically speaking, the teams that are going to be willing to give up a first-round pick are going to feel like they're pretty comfortably set in the playoffs. Um, so I, I don't know how we would be able to evaluate a higher pick. Uh, as far as Sean's situation specifically, it's not – it's not Sean versus any other player. I, I think I think back to one of the first media availabilities I did when I took the job in advance of the first trade deadline. And there were a lot of questions about waiting and waiting and, you know, the risk and, and <clears throat> of any player being injured, right? You know, Joel Edmondson was injured through most of the trade deadline last year. Uh, so I think anytime you go through this process you you try to understand the market you try to understand who is or may be um interested in the services of, of uh, in this case sean monahan 
what the upside would be and and you measure that against the 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 risk of any player not specifically Sean Monahan because I I don't have any uh specific concern in relation to Sean if we if we did we wouldn't have signed him you know we were very comfortable that that uh it was a worthwhile risk to sign him but there is a risk to any hockey player and there's a risk to the market shifting too right you know you see that where who's sellers, who's buyers, and how many other players end up on the market. I don't think an Ekholm or a uh, Orlov, for example, were necessarily on the market in in um, early February or late January of last year. So we, we felt comfortable that uh, this was the right deal and that there wasn't significant upside to waiting. Another clip, if we can. I think there's a follow-up. It's not Sean versus any other player. I, I think I think back to one of the first media availabilities I did when I took the job in advance of the first trade deadline. And there were a lot of questions about waiting and waiting and, you know, the risk and, and of any player being injured, right. You know, Joel Edmondson was injured through most of the trade deadline last year. Uh, So I think, Anytime you go through this process, you you try to understand the market. You try to understand who is or may be um, interested in the services of, of uh, in this case, Sean Monahan. Uh, what the upside would be, and and you measure that against the 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 risk of any player, not specifically Sean Monahan, because I I don't have any uh, specific concern in relation to Sean. If we if we did, we wouldn't have signed him. You know, we were very comfortable that. That, All right. Uh, if we it can, was a worthwhile risk to sign them, but there is a risk. I think we're playing. I think we're playing the same clip there. But anyway, that's okay. Uh, you asked him about the injuries, and he said, um, "If his injury situation would have really concerned us, I wouldn't have signed them to begin with. Yeah. I knew that it was a risk that was worth taking. But any player can get injured, and there's also the case of the the whole market shifting, and." There's some players that you wouldn't think would be traded on trade deadline day, and they end up getting traded, and then all of a sudden, the attention could shift somewhere else. So, once again, I think it comes down to what you said, Stu. He would have been happy with a first-round pick at the very least. He got it. It was there on the table. He didn't yeah. want to take any chances. He took it. No, and he wasn't going to accept anything less than – like. First round pick was yeah. minimal he was going to get, and he got. It. I mean, and there's also a reason why he got Sean Monahan for two million dollars this year instead of six and a half that his previous contract was because of the injuries, right? Because of the yeah. uncertainty surrounding him. That's why you know, and, and Monahan wanted the it was one million nine hundred eighty-five eight hundred fifty thousand whatever, and he had a fifteen thousand dollar bonus put in for playing twenty-six games, one more than last season, just as a sort of. Uh, uh, it's only 15 grand. It's just like a landmark. Like I've played more games than last year. And uh, and he said he's played all 49 games this year. He hasn't been hurt, as I've mentioned. He's missed a couple of practices recently for therapy days. But that's, you know, most players do or a lot of players do during the course of the season, just of a little nagging uh, injury or uh, took a shot off the, the leg or something or just even feeling a little tired. But, again, they got the first-round pick. I think that was the minimum he wanted. If you could have got more, great. But I guess – when he weighed the pros and cons, Kent Hughes realized the possibility of getting more than a first-round pick aren't very high. And right now I've got the first-round pick in my hand. It's mine. Just sign the deal. It's done. And he said, let's do it. Uh, I, I know you've been talking about David Savard for quite some time, whose contract is up at the end of next season. There's no doubt in my mind, with all due respect to David, that next year by trade deadline day, the yeah. Montreal Canadiens will trade David Savard and he won't be part of the future. Uh, there's that possibility, of course, that they even trade him this year with one year left on his contract because teams can see value in that as well. He was asked if he had a conversation with David Savard to assure David whether he was not going to be traded or to tell him that he was going to be traded. He said, I haven't had a, con- a talk with David Savard yet. What I will tell you is I'm willing to trade anybody that will make our team better. Yeah, and he said he's not – he said, if I remember right, he's not but shopping him. He hasn't been shopping him, but he's listening for yeah. calls. You're right. I mean – and I understand David Savard. And he also said, if David Savard wants to talk, my door is always open. Now he said, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. He's been busy with other things. Yeah. Savard wants to walk into his office when they get back from the bye week next week and talk to him. Kent will be there. And, and Kent's very honest with players. And David Savard has reason to be concerned. He's got, I think, three young kids. I'm sure they're in school. He's got his wife here. He's back home. Course, There's a lot yeah. involved, right? Where might I be going? Are you going to send me? Are you not going to send me? Uh, but 
I think they will trade him this year if they can get because I think they need to open. You think up, so, eh? I, I just think they need to open up some spot some spots for some of the younger guys coming up. And would they miss David Savard? Definitely, just like they're going to miss Sean Monaghan. But you know, I know Tony, you've been one of the leaders of the, the full rebuild, wanting this team to do a full rebuild, and yeah. full, full rebuilds are painful. And I think. Canadians fans, some of them are starting to lose patience already. They think like year two, this team, what are you doing? It's a long process. <clears throat> and it's all about making this team better moving forward. And like David Savard is not part of this team when they're at a point in the rebuild where they're ready to compete, you know, two, three years down the road. So again, with Kent Hughes, depending on the offers he gets leading up to the trade deadline, if it's not the trade deadline, yeah. maybe it's in the summer. If it's not in the summer, definitely by the next year's trade deadline, David Savard will be dealt. But I think it yeah. makes – more sense to trade them earlier rather than later to bump up this rebuild process because when he's gone, that means one of the younger guys is getting yeah. that experience. So you're right. Some people are already losing patience with the rebuild. And Stu, you know what I say to them? When you rebuild, you hit rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do the rebuild the right way, you get a little bit better the next year. Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit better the year after that. Then you get a little bit better. And then eventually you get to the point where you're going to become a playoff team. And then once you become a playoff team, you're still going to get better. And then you'll stay a very, very competitive team for four, five, six years down the line to the point where at one point you'll compete for a Stanley Cup. That's if the rebuild is done the right way. Don't give me examples of the rebuild done the wrong way. That's not the goal here. The goal is to do the rebuild the right way. But you know what's more painful than a full rebuild, Stu? You know what's more painful? Patching for 30 years and being a roller coaster, going up and down and up and down and up and down. You don't know what to expect. And your only chance is a goalie standing on his head so everyone can go around town yelling, or going on a one-day shopping spree or compromising the future for a centerman who can't deliver anymore. Or making trades just for the sake of making trades. Remember the year the Kings had a great team? Was it... But eight years ago, when they lost to the Rangers in the first round, that was the year you know they went and got yeah. King and they got Odd at the trade deadline when they already had it, yeah. a team that was near the top of the league in the standings, and it threw off the chemistry in the team. It disrupted the yeah. the locker room. Made them like, slower, actually. Made them made slower. Them, made their fourth line. I mean, they put you know, they put Dwight King on the ice instead of well, Tory Mitchell sat in the press box. You know, one guy's yeah. got an anchor on the line, and the other guy can fly. And that fourth line had been effective that year. It was uh, yeah, uh, Tory with Byron and. Um, uh, the other guy they had from anyway, there were the fourth line was three speedy guys. And then was were, it was it Sven Andragetto? No, it was um, uh, Andreas Martinson. No, it was a guy they had from Buffalo. Um, oh man, I'll find it here because it's going to drive me crazy. But they had they went from having a really fast fourth line, an effective fourth line, to a fourth line that sort of weighed them down, and uh, it just didn't. It, it didn't make sense, and it was a case of you know making trades for the sake of making trades. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who it was now. Um, Brian's this is going to drive me crazy. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They, they had those those couple of players were pretty good on the penalty kill too that year. Yeah, they had speed. I mean, yeah. and that team. I mean, they, they yeah. finished second or third in the league that year, and then they made themselves slower. At the, at the trade deadline. And, and as, again, yeah. you have guys that have been with the team all year. Now they're sitting in the press box or scratched. They have other guys bringing in. It was just, it was a, it, it was a bad decision. Like they didn't have to really do anything that year. They had it. They had a really good team, but uh, you say, now the thing is, as I've said this before, the podcast, you can disagree with the moves that Kent Hughes makes, but you can un- also understand his thinking and why he made them. Of course. So, of you know course. what I mean? Because like, it, it's not just, throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks and trying to plug holes. Every move he makes, you might not agree with it, but when he explains it, you go, okay, I understand why. Stu, he's following through on his plan. Mm -hmm. And 10 years from now, we'll look back and we'll decide whether or not the plan worked or it didn't, but he won't sway from it. No, and you know what? what The difference, I mean, Mark Bergevin was a panic GM. He jammed like he played. Like if you – you know, you're Andre Markov, uh, you slash me, I cross-check you in the face in contract negotiations. That's the way he, he jammed. And he didn't – he was too emotional and too insecure in many ways, worrying he was going to lose his job. Kent Hughes, when they first called him about this job, he didn't even want it, right? First time Jeff Gordon called him, he was, I'm not interested. Yeah. 
And then his wife spoke to him and said, you're sure you're not interested in Montreal Canadiens, you know, your hometown, your team. And yeah, okay, maybe. I mean, really successful agent, made a ton of money, has more money, like set financially for life. When he took this job, there's pressure that comes with it, but it's not like life and death pressure to him. Like he has a plan. He's going to do it. He's confident in it. He's going to make his decisions. He thinks it's going to work. He believes it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, he gets fired and he goes back to either being a player yeah. agent or he retires and he goes back to his beautiful home that he was in today for the Zoom conference in, uh, yeah. in Massachusetts. And life goes on. It's the same with Marty St. Louis. These guys are very successful men. They don't need these jobs, right? They don't need these jobs. And Marty was asked, yeah. I think in Philadelphia, somebody asked him that him and Patrick War are the only two Hall of Fame players who are now coaches. And the guy asked him, well, what do you think that is? And Marty said, well, it's the commitment to this job. Like it's a 24-7 job it's you're missing time with your family there's a lot you know there's a lot that you give up to do this job and a lot of guys don't want to give it up and they have guys here who are willing to give it up because they have Kent Hughes has a passion for hockey Marty St. Louis has a passion yeah <laughs> I asked him when I had one-on-one with Kent after the other job you know, why did you take this like and even his father told him not to take the job and he said it's a challenge so this is a challenge for him and he's all in on it yeah and he has his plan, and he's going to stick with it. And him and Gordon are on the same page, and Marty, they have this plan, and they're going to follow it through. And if it works, fantastic. And if it doesn't work, well, they'll bring in somebody else to do it. But, again, all the moves that they make, even if you disagree with them, yeah, sense. You, like they, they explain them in a way that you can go, okay, I understand why you did it. It's not like you're an yeah. idiot when you do that. And uh, by the way, folks, in case you missed it, uh, the Los Angeles Kings earlier today fired their head coach, Todd McClellan. Jim Hiller has been named interim coach. The Los Angeles Kings had one of the four or five worst records in the National Hockey League in the last 21 or 22 games. So there you go. Well, I think uh, it was Arp and Basket. I think Marty St. Louis is now the ninth longest tenured coach in the Ninth NHL. longest tenure, and it's not even two years that he's yeah. in. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Stu, thanks so much for doing this. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Okay, Tony. Take care, buddy. All right. Thanks, all of you, for watching my sick army, my sick community. And thank you to Energy Transportation Group, Playground, and, of course, Labit TV. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on uh, Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on, uh, on every social media platform that you can. Tell your friends about it. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's our way of feeling the love. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana, Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. Embrace the tank. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.